Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality with me. And today, and many days recently, we have remote guests. Obviously, having somebody right here in person in the studio isn't a possibility. Um, but one thing that's been really nice is that I've had the opportunity to now interview folks that are geographically far away from me. So this is a guest uh, very much that I came across, I think first probably on Twitter. They are the author of the Thriving in Sex Work series. So please welcome to the mic, Lola Davina. Hi, Lola. Oh my God, oh my God I thought it was going to be a studio audience. Like I'm like, you know, taking a bow. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yes, I wish I was in Toronto right now. Canada, please invade us. Please invade us. <laughs> Please, this is, we, we cry How for are help. You? How are you over oh, there? Thank you for asking. Well, I'm fine. Good. The people closest to me are fine. Good. Uh, but it is impossible to be alive and awake and aware and not see the suffering around us where we are right now. And just, um, it's it's on every level. It's, it's closed up boarded businesses that, you know, are somebody's life's work. Yeah. Um, people out of work. Um, I live in Oakland and uh, we have a lot of homeless people here and the the level of, you know, you don't think about, you don't think about the kind of amount of excess and I don't know, just thinking about things like just having open restaurants as being a social safety net for people living outside, which again, I, I know it's hard for people in other parts of the world to really understand how cruel our country is but we are seeing how cruel we can get Ugh. i mean as americans we're basically watching people die and we're just doing that right now so that's what we're doing we're yeah, watching we're we are choosing to watch people die yeah, we're, exactly we're choosing we're, we're acting as uh, we're acting without empathy we're acting mm. without curiosity or, or any kind of sense of of um of responsibility to our fellow human and we are and um we're we're, we're playing that out for for the world to see so Ugh. it's appalling but thank you for asking. I'm fine, but I'm obviously really upset too. Yeah, it's yeah. horrifying. This is a horrifying moment. There's no other way to say it. It certainly is. Um, something I've been very thankful for is that I've been able to work throughout this remotely, doing some mm. online domination work. I'm assuming yeah. you've been able to like take this time to like work on your book. Is that something mm -hmm. that you've been thankful for? Yes. Well, I'm really. I, it just I'm really thankful that I am in a position in my in my life that this can be my life's work and thank God it doesn't have to support me because <laughs> that would be a whole other thing. Right. But um but yeah, the the Lola project is um something I feel I you know, I would be doing regardless and, and um so uh yes, I've had a lot of a lot more unstructured time in some in certain ways. Yeah. Um I would say March and April, I was spent a lot of time being really depressed. So it was hard oh, to, to yeah. kind of be motivated there. But um, yeah, so 
I've got a new book out. I've got a new baby coming out into the world. So that's exciting. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And and coming into the world in such a crazy time. Is this a good time to be launching a book about sex work and money? You tell me. Right. Uh, Right. It's it's definitely a different world than, than the one I wrote it in. Yeah. Is that something you've thought about? Like that you know either oh this is the perfect time or oh no some of this may (laughs) not be may not feel quite so in the moment right right I had when in the in the middle of March I actually wrote about this I actually put this in as a foreword in the beginning of the of the book because it, it it was such a it was so deeply impactful I finished the book uh locked it um, and sent it off to the proofers um, on March 9th. Wow. Um, and like a week later, everything was going into shutdown. And then online, you could just see on sex work Twitter, you could just see it all happening. Strip yeah. clubs closing. Um, people who, you know, as doing full service, just like all of a sudden being like, I have no, there is no business. Um yeah, People massage rushing. parlors closing. It's massage dungeons parlors closing. closing. Dungeons, exactly. So, it just and just watching this great. I, I've never, of course, I, we've none of us have ever seen anything quite like it. So, and just kind of smacking me in the face, and it was like I wrote this book from this very specific place, which was saying, "Look, if sex work is your job, um, let's talk about it." Let's talk about money and what money means emotionally and practically. And, you know, how what's the conversation to have this be the very best job that it can be for you from a financial standpoint? Mm -hmm. Um, And all of a sudden I'm looking at this book that I just finished and I'm like, what I think the world needs right now is a crisis manual, not a not a let's think long term, let's, let's, let's think about where I want to be six months or 12 months or, you know, two years from now. Um, So I really had to go back and reread it again. Um, I didn't edit it a lot. Um, I did, I did a little bit of rewriting, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I put most of the crisis stuff online where I felt like that's that's onto my website. Um, Nice. Nice. That's yeah. So there's a, actually there's a page for any any of your listeners who are interested in there's a COVID crisis um, resource page for sex workers. So that includes mental health resources, um, uh, emergency funds, you know, mutual aid funds. Um, It includes how to transition to online work. If you've been doing, you know, work in real life, harm reduction if you continue to see people in real life um i know i'm forgetting a couple of other things but but just the notion of like if if you are a displaced sex worker or if you're a sex worker entering this work for the first time because you no longer have a job yes that too another job straight job which Mm -hmm. as you know i mean this is obviously work of last resort for a lot of people um that's on my website. That's available for everyone. And and then I went back and read it again, and and I thought, well, I, I I stand by what I wrote. I understand that not everyone's gonna be able to absorb everything that's in this book right now, and um, you know, that's just gonna have to be what it is. You know, the book. I, I, what I'm hoping is a book that will be there for people, not just the first time. You know, not just in the moment, but this is can be a resource they can go back to again and again as they move through life and as their finances change and their relationship to work changes. And um, so I hope the book 
I like how um, you do you do come back to that a few times throughout the book. I was so happy to receive a copy of it and that I got a little sneak peek. I was like, oh, I feel so special. But that is definitely something that you come back to. You're like, hey, this this part may not resonate, you know, for you right now, but perhaps at another time. So feel free to skip, Mm -hmm. come back at a later date Mm -hmm. when when and if this may be like something you need. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that just that notion of it's really writing this book was an enormous challenge. Um, I somehow I got really copy writing this book. I thought somehow thought like, oh, I wrote oh, I wrote the first one. And like, so now I got a book under my belt. Like, how yeah. hard could the second one be? <laughs> and like your first I mean, your first book was very successful. I feel like it's a staple thriving in sex work is a staple for a new sex worker, a current sex worker, somebody who's been in the business a long time. I feel like it is a staple. So well, I would feel pretty cocky too about uh, that. Well, thank you for saying that. I was aware of the fact that it, I was able to reach a place and reach a voice and, and, and re, you know, right from a place of just saying like, look, I'm not going to put on my big, my big, um, I'm the expert of everything boots. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come from a place of humility. I wrote this I, what I like to say about the first book, and actually the one regret I have about the first book is that I did not include this explicitly by saying um, all of this advice that I'm offering in this book is not because I was so smart and did it all right the first time. It's actually, I can turn to any page in that book. <laughs> Literally, let's just flip open a page at random. I can show you a, a passage or an incident where I fucked up or I did something. I I look back on, I wish I had did, done it differently. I wrote this book from a place of this is how I would do it differently now. Not like, yeah. oh, I sailed through this and was like so awesome at it that, um, you know, now I'm the expert of everything. It was really a lot of like going back and like trying to talk to my younger self. How would I counsel myself differently? So that I guess the, writing it from that position, I think writing for a lot of people. And then and then the second book. <laughs> the Yeah. Well, you're talking about money. I mean. <laughs> So much of being an author is really trying to find a place where you're reach, you're meeting your reader where they're at. Right. Right. Not every author thinks that way. You read lots of stuff when people are just like, no, this is me. I need you to see me. This is all about me. It's my story. Me, me, me. And um, did I tell you about me yet? Um, yeah. And hope you and like it. Fine. Whatever. And, yeah, it's fine. I mean, there's plenty of, you know, that... Some of my favorite books, you know, come from that position. But if you're going to write a self-help book, you really need to be talking directly yeah. to your reader. You need yeah. to be saying, look, I, need, I, I am here to be here with you. And when you talk about money, everyone is in a different place. And the, the exercise, the mental exercise of trying to humble myself to be present with any possible conceivable reason, Obviously, I, I will fall short. There's no way to meet everybody exactly where they're at. But I'm also really acutely aware that so many money books, I feel, leave so many people behind. I read a lot of money books. Totally. And a lot of money books. Yeah. I mean, you read these books, you're just like, well, what if I don't have a 401k? What if I don't? And I what like how I you ha- address this in your book, where you're like, some of these like self-help money books are like really based in a fantasy land. You know, right. like you'll get millions. It's like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Or like, what? 
Oh, one of my one of my all time favorite money books, who I really that I really get an enormous amount of, and I, I go back and read it again and again. It's, it's a book called The Art of Money by Bay Tesler. Mm-hmm. But she is the most heavily partnered person I have ever read. Like every page, she is talking about her husband, talking mm-hmm. about her children, partner part. All of this talk about like having these money conversations with my husband. I'm just thinking like, I don't have a husband. All right. Well, I I do, but I like I do too. Can you but, imagine? But you know, can you imagine, can you imagine putting this in the hands of maybe somebody who's like recently divorced or right. like recently had their their primary person like walk out the door on them? Right. Like trigger alert! Like it just and you know reading these books and letting I'm just letting myself be triggered letting myself be triggered like just be like oh my god you're quoting scripture at me oh my god you think that i have a boss you know like <laughs> um you know like yes yeah. so just uh going through that exercise and then thinking like can i write a book that isn't it's not going to be perfect it just won't it won't it won't it won't but can i just try and be more mindful more present for my reader and try and meet them where they're at yeah uh, that was a lot it was a lot it was a lot of work i Just hear you i can imagine work. how do you how do you do that how do yeah. you do that yeah so okay to start for just my listeners who are not familiar from like where this is coming from or like who is writing this book sure do you want to give my listeners mm-hmm. just like a bit of background into you know why you wrote the book but also like your history with sex work and money Absolutely. Thank you. And it's such a great question. I appreciate it. Um, and by the way, listeners, this is my very, Lady Pym was so gracious to um, invite me. And this is my very first time talking about this book. So it's, it's actually really it's an exclusive. Ex- well, it's an, you, this, this is an exclusive. You are the Barbara Walters of, uh, of oh, uh, Sexy oh, Podcasts. Oh, uh, thank you. What a compliment. But, um, but it's actually, it's also really great to kind of ex- to kind of make exterior all this stuff that's been interior so this is not polished but this is this has definitely been the ramble that's been going on in my brain for a while so so i started in sex work back in my early 20s uh it was mostly a lark it was mostly kind of curiosity about i started as a stripper uh which was great i had a ton of fun with that and like i thought i just like landed in the cream because out here I was I was like getting paid like twenty dollars an hour to dance naked in a room filled with other naked women like this is like my dream job like yeah I thought I was never make that much money again I thought I just thought this was like the most extraordinary thing um now and I, and I had a very privileged situation it was called the lusty lady peep show that was run by women not a typical strip club experience so I was like sectioned off. I never did any contact. So, but it was, let me just tell you, it was, it was a wonderful introduction to the sex industry. Yeah. Um, and, and through the women that I met, met there, I got into domination for a couple of years. Um, I did a little bit of porn, but mostly I found escorting. And once I found escorting, that was kind of like, I took to that and never looked back. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I was partnered. I got out of the sex industry. Um, and, 10 years later, I found myself uh, divorced. Well, divorced, our, our, our partnership broke up. Yep. Um, completely um, uh, bankrupt. Even 
with person, even gone into personal bankruptcy, I still, between the two of us and, and all the stuff that we had accumulated, the debts we had accumulated, still was on the hook. And I'll never forget this number. I can tell you this, $123,000 I was still on the hook for when I came back wow. to San Francisco um, to, to go back into escorting. So th now I was in my early 30s. Um, so now I had this completely different relationship to money and completely different re relationship to this, to sex work that I was doing where before it was like, Oh, well, this is just incredibly good money. And you know, I need this to be sexy and I need to be fun and I don't want to be bored. Um, in my thirties, it's like, Oh, we're not fucking around now. Yeah, I need to make money. I, I am in real trouble. Real, yeah. you know, already like, I mean, just, you know, I was looking down the barrel of, I just did not know, literally did not know what my future was going to be. So I've, you know, there are two different kinds of, of personal finance books. Yeah. Uh, again, it's somebody who's read quite a few of them. There are the, I went to Harvard Business School. I've got the, I've got the, I've got the method. I've got it all figured out. Um, I, from my, from my place on high with all my wisdom, I'm going to tell you how to do it right. Right. That's the first kind. The second kind is, I was a fuck up. I made every single kind of mistake. I dug myself out of it. I'm here today as a survivor to tell you about it. This book is is very very comfortably in that second camp. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I do. I again talking about humility, talking about you know being humble. Like I am not a. I have no background in personal finance or tax or law or investment, anything like that. So always, always, always keep that in mind if, if you get a chance to read this book. Um, but at the same time, what I think I really did go through was every kind of emotional trauma around money mm -hmm. and come out on the other side as a person who has just much more aware. I am much I, I am more awake to how I feel about money and how, and to the, my financial situation. And I am in control where before I was just like this, this like this little hamster just kind of running around going like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm college educated. I had every advantage growing up, but I, nobody taught me about money. Right. I just didn't have it. I did not have that. That was not part of my education. It was not part of my background. And so I had to learn a lot of stuff the hard way. Yeah. And I like how you talk so about when you talk about your history with money, you kind of give us three different scenarios, like relate mm -hmm. three different kind of history or relationship with money moments. And you're like, mm -hmm. newsflash, they're all me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it can be really complex. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I do I laid that out at the beginning, like, I came from a tremendous amount of privilege. Right. I, my family all went to college. It was assumed I would go to college. You know, I have, you know, lovely white skin privilege. It was like, you know, I went to good schools. Um, at the same time, I lived with food insecurity in my home. I lived mm -hmm. with mental illness and alcoholism and, and like deep, deep neglect. My, my parents were out to lunch mm -hmm. and they, at some point they just basically gave up on, on educating me about the world. I, I never learned how to cook as mm -hmm. a child. I never learned, I, I didn't know, I had a, I was pretty feral, you know, in lots of ways that are meaningful. So, so I came from this really depleted background and not knowing a lot of things about how the world worked. And um, so even within my own story, there's a lot of complexity. There's a lot of, and 
I don't think that I'm alone in that. I think no. that yeah, you know, I agree. I, I was like, oh, that's that speaks to me because I mm. feel like I could pick out, you know, a few moments in my own life where money is concerned mm-hmm. that look completely different from each other as well. I think that one of the things I really tried to get out of the book is to say, look, we each one of us contains multitudes when it comes to money. And and one of the most important points of the book that I really try to drive home is, is that money stands in in many ways in our culture as proxy for mattering. Yes. Yeah. To okay. matter. Yeah. Right. So and this is that, what the book is really about, I find. This is what the book is really about. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, obviously the term Black Lives Matter is up right now. And, and thinking about that term matter comes from the Latin mater, mother. It, mm-hmm. it com- also material to to exist, to, to actually have substance. And that when we think about money, our relationship to money is very much in relation to whether or not we deserve to be here do we do we deserve on earth to be alive Mm -hmm. to be comfortable to be loved um to to have what we need and money is you know if talking in psychological terms about the, the notion of worth wound money for so many of us is where we carry our worth wounds our you know do i deserve to have what I need, or it can it can flip the other way. Like I I can I can never have enough. Like I or I need to have it all. It can it can, it can play lots of different ways, but really, the the core theme of this book is really just saying like, you're never going to be right with your money if you don't have that core foundational sense in your root chakra that you belong here. Mm-hmm. You know, you deserve to have everything you need to survive. Mm-hmm. and thrive yes more importantly thrive yeah and in this crazy fucked up weird world that we're living in where you know we say that all, you know pr- you know we're pro-life or all lives matter or whatever and it's like but we're perfectly happy to, to dump homeless people on the street and do nothing right yeah um like we are living a very t- at least here in the united states we live in this very twisted fun house place where it's like Oh, everyone's, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's a deserving and everyone's, you know, a human being and everyone, you know, everyone is special and all this stuff. And it's like an American dream. Yeah, but, and... yeah. Yes, the American dream. But also plenty of y'all are disposable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can rot in jail and we do not care. You know, yeah. you can you can starve. You, you know, it's so it's it's it is really, really hard to to hold your sacred ground. Um, with all of these mixed messages. It really is. Mm-hmm. And do you think that is especially linked to sex workers? Well, not to get in trouble, but yes, I do. Yeah. Um, here's where I, 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 well, I mean, here's where I, here's where I, I don't, here's where I, where I don't want to get too far out in, in front of anything with my generalizations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that so, so I should just say, uh, this is one, one, well, this was really helpful for me. I, before I even sat down to write the book, I did a survey online and I let everybody know that survey, the results of that survey are now up on my website. I sent out a, a you know, this was on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, so obviously a select group of people were the respondents. So it's really important to, to 
to be reminded of that. So these are yep. people who speak English, people with access to the internet, yep. um, people who are connected to sex work Twitter. That's just, this is going to already be a pretty rarefied. A little biased, yeah. Yeah, a little biased, more than a little biased. Yeah. Um, but I got more than a thousand responses. So that's a lot of voices. Ask, I asked 14 different questions about money money and, and sex work and money like the money earned from sex work mm -hmm. and one of the one of the interesting things and I, I don't think this would be a surprise to anybody who's been in the industry for a while the 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 percentage of people who got into the sex industry because they needed money was about who reported that as the main reason for getting into it was about 80 percent 80 so wow that's so that's most but there was also a significant you know, number of respondents who had other who had other reasons, you know, they did it because they thought it would be fun or they did it because they needed a, just like a side gig or they, you know, um, you know, they had their other various different reasons. But but needing money was the main reason. was a main driver. Hmm. And again, because I was writing the book from very much of a place of financial trauma. So I'm keenly aware of that thought of that concept, like you know, that I was pretty damaged around money and the money that I earned from my sexuality had a lot of charge. It's, it's, I think it's very definitely, uh, needs to be part of the conversation that if you're already struggling materially from materially matter, mother matter, um, if you're already just struggling to be here in ways that are meaningful, um, and then you're, selling your sexuality and money is coming to you there's a very there are lots let's just say there are lots of potential trigger points for that way of getting paid you know like how you feel about yourself how you feel about yourself as a sexual person and and what you have to do in order to make money that there are all kinds of bombshells in there and it, which is it also not and it also can be incredibly fun and it can also be incredibly like exhilarating and 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 life affirming so i don't want to just just simply like only describe it in in negative terms but it is charged and just as the way that money can be both um I, I call it both shadowy and shiny at once right right, right, right. It, it's like it's it's yeah it's, it could be kind of like can kind of blind you, but because uh, it shines so bright. But at the same time, you also you're kind of straining to see it. And our sexuality has those elements too. So when you combine those two things, watch out, be aware, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I don't mean to be flip, but a lot of people just stumble into sex work, you know, just kind of doing it, you know, because they need money. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like. It's not like there's a beginner's manual. So a lot of us are just kind of stumbling through this, um, carrying our our tender hearts as we do, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of different ways that we can get hurt doing this work. Definitely. And a lot of ways that we could really use like good resources like this. Mm -hmm. Like that the there's yeah. a need. Like there is a demand in sex work for a, a few manuals. <laughs> yeah, for several manuals. different topics, you know? Exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. And and just to say, you know, and 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 I'm I'm gonna say this out to you out loud. This has been something that I, I manifest I said out loud during the first book and I, I continue to want to put this out into the world because this is this is the world I want to see. I would really be excited if somebody, some other young young folks would come along and um, write my books into um, into um, 
obsolescence that would be awesome i'm i'm i wish there were more resources by sex workers for sex workers yeah um i i'm very keenly aware of of my my age and how far away i moved from doing a lot of this work i try to stay current but i also would just really 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 hope that more and more and more people who are doing the work now are writing whatever it is blogs or, or books yep. or Anything. whatever it is online classes whatever yep. yeah exactly exactly yep. let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. So can we talk about the other elements of some of the other elements of the book that aren't necessarily literally talking about money, things like positive thinking and manifesting? Can you talk about that a little bit? Maybe why you chose to write about money in that way? Sure. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I... This was a gamble. It was just, this was, and again, I don't think this is, this is going to meet everybody. Not everyone's going to love this. And right. that, you know, I'm going to have to, that's just going to have to be what it is. I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'm sure I will get the feedback as it comes along. Um, but when I look back on the times of my life when I was really, really, really struggling financially, and there were, I mean, there were years of my life um, when I was selling plasma. Wow. Um, yeah like collecting cans, um, you know, like there were times when my wife and I, we would like go through, like rifle through the sofa to look for coins to put gas in the car. So um, these were very, very lean. I've had some very, very lean years. Um, If I look back on that, if I think if if there's one thing that I could fix for myself in that moment, in those moments, it wouldn't be to put lots of money in my bank account, although that would be awesome. But, but let, <laughs> that let's too, just say but that. Other than that. Yeah, that's you. That would be great. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here is the thing that I could actually change in that moment is that at the same time, while I was experiencing these incredible, incredibly pinched times of deep, deep fear and need, I was also punishing myself relentlessly. Mm. Um, and it really in a deep, deep cycle of self-loathing and the notion of soothing myself, the notion of just trying to comfort myself was alien. Mm. Like I could, that, that was not even like that. 
that it was not an idea that I even heard. I look, I, when I look back on that time and I, I look at how depleted and, and worn out I was, and I just think if there was just one gift I could have given to my younger self, it would just be to stop beating myself up. Yeah. Now that doesn't solve your money problems. I get that, but it is so, it is so much harder when you're in this depleted overwhelmed space. And this, this, this could be, you could, you could chalk it up to depression. You could, you could talk about it lots of different ways, you know, um, but, but just getting on top of it and just saying like, look, I'm going to cultivate my higher self who if, 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 if I can't solve my financial problems today, the one thing that I'm not going to do is damage myself further. Yeah. Um, so I just feel, feel like that can be a very important lesson when people are, are say you're sleeping on, I mean, because this is, money is so fundamental to our, to our self-esteem. I'm sleeping on my, you know, my, on my mother's couch. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I had to sell, you know, all this stuff, you know, I, I've got $150,000 worth of, you know, student loan debt. We, we take all that on and we, as, as our badness, you know? Yes. Yeah. And just letting go of that, like just saying, look, we're just going to let go of that. That doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. But it's just alleviating some suffering, the unnecessary suffering. So yeah, I do. I do include that in the book. And the other, the other reason why I include that is because it's my contention. And again, I don't have a background in psychology. So this is, this is just purely an amateur observation, mm-hmm. but that we can't make sound financial decisions when we're overwhelmed emotionally. That yeah. that's the time when we're going to get into trouble and do things half cocked. And so or rashly. Yes, rashly. Um, yeah. yeah. And and so I, I talk about this notion of call, the overwhelm, of the, the, yeah. the notion of being overwhelmed, emotionally overwhelmed, and whether that's feeling dizzy at the thought of the future or angry about things or bored or what, you know, all the different ways that we check out. So just the idea is just to kind of bring you back into yourself, be present with yourself, feel whatever, whatever negative feelings you're going to feel, let that pass through you. And then from on the other side of that is where you start making decisions about money and where you start learning about money and where you start having long-term goals about money, but not from this frightened, terrified, or angry, or in bad place. Yeah. Because that is never going to be where you're going to be making your best decisions. Totally. And I like how you start like on a, at a really basic kind of exercise is a body scan, right? Mm, yeah. And I like, yeah, very important. Um, And so simple to do, you know, like, even in the book, you're like, that's it. (laughs) That's a body scan. Um, But I I like how you one thing you said was like, kind of seeing your emotions as over there, just even for a second, you know, like picture them, you know, bringing you to and being like, Oh, hey, anger, hey, grief, like, fuck you. But you know, I see you, you know, I acknowledge that you're there. I have uh, uh, somebody that's a lovely, uh, she does like online meditations and um, uh-huh. she's done a guided meditation with me, Evgenia from Spirit Sex Lab. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. No, no. How she, how she kind of does this when she's doing like a meditation. She's like, picture, picture your feelings like birds up in the sky, like far mm. up in the sky, mm. you know, see mm. them there, acknowledge that they're there. And even there's so much good to be done from just being seeing them as, you know, not 
so interconnected with you, even just for a second, to see them as over there and separate. Why do you think that's important? Oh, I, I, I've actually got shivers when you asked me the question. I, it, it's one of the most important things that there is. And, and again, just if it, it was, wasn't something I, I think I didn't learn until maybe my mid thirties. And, you know, and this is deep into power many years of therapy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, just again, if there was some kind of like foundational gift I could, I could give, um, it's just the notion that we are not our emotions yeah. as powerfully as we feel them. We, our emotions and our true elemental core selves are And just, you know, the, the notion of nurturing the observing side of yourself, that's like, I see myself in pain. I see myself in fear. I see myself in grief. Um, and, and then being able to have like a dialogue and say, well, I, I'm going to, I'm also, I'm going to be the, I'm the, going to be the person who is grieving, but I'm also going to be the one who comforts myself in my grief. Like mm -hmm. that whole psychological understanding of yourself is so incredibly powerful. And it, it's, it's how we become self-sufficient. It's how we become self-actualized. Um, it's how we stop hurting ourselves. You also talk about positive affirmations and creating positive affirmations that work for you, like that are catered that work for, for what, you. what connects yeah. for you. Yeah. And of it, and I, I do go into this quite a bit in the book talking quite a, you know, talking um, about positive affirmations when it comes to money can be quite loaded. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know how much, I don't know how, I just think of you Canadians as so much more sensible than we are, but certainly in the United I mean, States. are we? Maybe we're, we're not, well, but. <laughs> well, okay, let me, just, let me just ask you this. Yes. Which country do you think has per capita more cult? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there we are. So, <laughs> yeah. the, um, we, uh, one of the things, one of the, one of the really, it is kind of a sickness that is, I think that's really endemic to the American um, mentality. I don't. I don't think we're 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 exclusive with it. But um, yeah, is um, this whole notion of um, thinking? You know, a positive thinking and prosperity. Pro what they call a prosperity gospel. Right. Um, yeah. It can yeah. Have a religious I like component. I like this. Part. Yeah. 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 So it can have a religious component to it. It's certainly very very prominent in um, lots of different um, different flavors of the of the of the Christian um, uh, faith. Yeah. yeah, ideology, um, and it, and there's historical reasons for it too. But but just basically the whole idea is like I am going to manifest that there's going to be a million dollars in my bank account, and that's basically what I need to do in order to make that happen. And it's like right. uh, no, no, probably not. Um, but that whole think and grow rich, um, you know, the secret. Um, yeah. There's another one that I'm not thinking of right now at the moment. But there, but there's there's a whole bunch of different ways. There's a, there's a there's, there's like a twisted. There's a there's a there's a faulty idea at the core of this. I am a proponent. I'm a I'm a believer that positive thinking, thinking optimistically and thinking generously and and with curiosity about yourself, is a, a better way to go through life than negative thinking. Yeah. But there's also this kind of fantastical element that like that goes and moves into magical thinking, like. Yeah. If I just think this way, then I'm going to go through the day and money's going to come to me. 
Um, and there, it's a fine line. I mean, I, I think, for instance, if you say, oh, well, nothing good is going to happen to me today. I'm a piece of shit. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm washed up and, and no one's ever going to like, yeah, I don't deserve it. I'm unloved. Yeah, I'm unloved. How, how, how great are you going to be if you go into a job interview? Like how, how likely are you going to like bang that out of the park? If, if that's, if that's the way you're, you're presenting. walking into that. Yeah. If that's the way you're presenting. Um, or in terms of sex work, if you're, if, if you're just looking for the negativity online or just every, every, every time waster is just, just becomes the reality of the entire industry. Right. Just right. if you're going through life like that, it is better to be positive, to look for the positive, to, to, but to be real, but to also remain grounded in reality and yeah. just say, if you're, if you're in a, like I, the situation I was in where my wife and I were in this terrible, terrible, terrible debt, it's like, I could sit there and, and think all day, like, well, a million dollars is going to arrive in the mail. You know, it's like, no, actually, you're going to have to declare bankruptcy. You're going to have to leave your wife. You're going to actually have to go back to sex. You're going to have to work your way out of that hole. That's how that's going to fix itself, which isn't as, you know, great an affirmation, but it, it's what it took for me to get back on my feet. Yeah. Um, like, so it this is, will be temporary. This will be temporary. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's yeah. also not going to, it's, I can fix this. It's not going to fix itself. It's not going to be fixed magically, but I also have the capacity to fix this yeah or to change the outcome of this because i like how you kind of present two scenarios you're like earth one earth two (laughs) and it's like it's basically the same things it's like okay earth one is like what you're doing right now who you are right now your circumstances right now earth two is all that same stuff but you're not just like being constantly beating yourself up about money um there's not just that chase happening like everything is not mentally and emotionally so centered on making the next buck or whatever short-term goal you happen to have and you're like these two scenarios are like you know one is not like this magical fantasy earth two it's very similar to earth one (laughs) but with like Mm -hmm. these little tweaks right that that you can that you have control over you know. Right. So that that was my vision for the book. So that was the gift. That was the gift I was hoping to offer the reader was just to say, look, you know, I, I don't have the power to 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 tell to teach you how to make one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. I, I I don't. I mean, I, you know, whatever circumstances that I, you know, my experience as a sex worker are certainly not going to be universal, and that's not. But what I'm actually much 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 more concerned about anyway is just the idea that getting out of your own way yeah not doing yourself any harm yeah and having having the tools to be able to look at money clearly and then the second half of the book is side of the book and just saying look here's here's just some basic financial you know here's here's personal finance 101 all of the stuff you can read in other books it's where i got all of it i didn't i'm not i don't have any like independent knowledge of this stuff yeah you have a lot of great resources that chime in on this book like you do interviews in the book with experts like there is there is that too but it's all curated by you yeah yeah Yeah. well it was i was i felt really gratified it was really lovely to to reach out to people and say yes and and uh talk to them about and and also just to let sex workers know we are we are we are building we are building a a, a world of sex work experts in in various fields um, yeah fields yeah it's no longer it's just like oh yeah all we do is lie around and fuck all day it's like no actually some of us do some pretty awesome other things too so yeah. 
yeah, it's nice to know that. It's nice to it's nice to see that um, kind of reflected out in the world and manifested out in the world. For sure. Yeah. And it has those two nice elements it hits. You know what I mean? Like we get what we need from these experts you've curated, but we also get this um, lived experience and this um, down to earth writing from you and like digest in a digestible way from you. So kind of as both. I really enjoyed that. Well, good. I'm so glad. That's nice fe- yeah. feedback. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, what is your favorite part of the book? Let me think. Because I had a very, very, very clear favorite of the first part. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to wander out. I'm going to wander way out onto a limb here. <laughs> Please wow. do. Um, yeah, you know what? I think my favorite part of the book, although I have quite a few, you know, actually running it through in my mind, but I, I would have to say if I had to settle on my favorite part of the book, it's the exercise where we honor our ancestors. Honor um, our ancestors. I, I have a piece and it's it's based on the work of a psychotherapist named uh, Leslie Nips, who's here locally where I live in, in um, the Bay Area. And um, she's really involved in transgenerational trauma, the healing of transgenerational trauma. Mm. And all of her work centers on this notion that each one of us is the product of not just our own experience of our own life history, but we are shaped by people who had their own trauma, their own history, and they were shaped by people who had their own trauma. And that we are, we are the living embodiments of wars and acts of violence and illness and, and famine we are products of that. We, 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 we are the culmination of the, the hundreds and thousands of people that it took to, to make us, for us to be alive, for all of the people to partner and make a baby and that baby to grow up and find a partner and make a baby and for that baby to grow up and make us. Like, we are, we are part of this web of life. And um, I was thinking when I wrote this, and it's, it's, it's probably about, oh, that, that, that exercise probably about page 60 or 50 in the book right Mm -hmm. and I was thinking like I'm gonna lose half my readers (laughs) they're gonna get to this one and it's gonna be like you're either on board for my weird shit you're gone um but it is it is this exercise it's derived from her work of of just of of conjuring of of mentally imagining if you were to imagine all the people that it took to make you 10 generations back which I think is I think it's I think it's I think it's a 2,000, I forget what it is. It's like, I, I took the number, of the, but you actually have to double it. But anyways, it's a little over 2,000 people for 10 generations. And just like, what would it be like to just turn and honor them and to thank them for giving you life? Right. For, for whatever pain they went through and for whatever trauma they went through in their own lives. They, they live, they they sacrifice so that you're here so that I'm here. And mm-hmm. I, you know, part of, you know, I'm sure this is quite a bit about me and where I grew up and, and you know, that I have quite a bit of survival survivor's guilt, just getting out of my family in one piece. And um, I was raised by very, very damaged people and they were raised by very, very damaged people. So I, I don't even know what the shit show was going back five or six or eight generations. I'm guessing it was pretty bad. Um, you know, I come from a, my people come from a part of the world where they were like, you know, world wars and pogroms and like bad shit. So just this notion of like saying, 
what does it mean that I, Lorena, get to have this body and get to have this life and get to be paid to fuck for a living and <laughs> to, you know, have pleasure be my business? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, why do I get to be the one? Um, but also, like, saying, look, whatever kept those people alive and to make and to, they were hopeful and they were they they had children that's an act of hope to, to have a to have a child is an act of hope it's it's a belief in the future and, and i am i am the result of that and to both allow that in to say that this is why i matter why i literally can take up space exist. and, and exist yeah. exist um but also that i can be the kind of crowning achievement of their of their hopes and dreams mm-hmm. and letting letting all of that guilt letting all of that like oh well why do i get to be the one why do i get to be the one who has so much fun or like makes so much money or has so many partners or whatever it's like let all that go let all that go that's fine it's fine yeah they wanted you to have a good life they wanted you to be here yeah. you know take take their blessing with you so I don't know, I'm, I'm getting all teared up. Even, but anyway, yeah, that I was like, I wrote that and I was like, so I'm just going to let myself get a little weird here. Um, but I also think that this is a powerful message. Um, and especially for a community, I, I've always really, really kind of um, tuned into and, and want to remain present with the trans community. Okay. And the queer community. Um, you know, folks who have not had the, their their sexuality or their or their or their gender visible or, or mirrored or, or like out in the world. And I just, I think about all the healing that we need to do around that. Just to say like, look, your sex is, your sex is welcome here on this earth. Your gender is welcome here on this planet. Um, the way you manifest is beautiful. This is, the world needs you. You're, you're healing the world by being who you are. So yeah, that, that, I feel very connected to that, that, that kind, that kind of healing. Where did you learn all that about, because I feel like the main thing that I'm going to take away from this book is, is all stuff to do with healing, really, mm. surrounding Good. my relationship with money. Good. Where, well, where did that come from for you? Well, I think again, um, I think that sex, I think from, from the perspective of, of getting I started writing these books just about the 10 year mark after uh, I started writing the first book when it was just about 10 years after getting out of sex work, when I hung up my phone for the last time. <laughs> so, so it was like this 10 year, I needed 10 years to percolate. Right. I needed 10 years to, to really let everything that had, and I needed, I needed 10 years to get away from it too. I needed 10 years to like not be doing it. Right. Um, so some separation to finally have the capacity to look back and say, what, what just ha- what just happened? What was all that? Like in the minute, in the moment, I was a lot of times I felt felt it was very overwhelming and it was kind of like all encompassing. Yeah. Um, and then to separation, but recognizing I am so lucky. I am so I am so lucky to be on the other side of money trauma. But it's also it was also very intertwined with trauma from my upbringing. You know again like not learning about money and um having to learn the hard way and and having to grieve that i did not have parents that that taught me what i needed to know in order to survive like i was just hopelessly not prepared and and sure enough like i was bankrupt before i was 30 you know um 
So I see our relationship as with money as as a as a foundational sense of what we are literally worth. Um, what is our value? And this this goes again to to this this idea of of healing ourselves and healing um, whatever anxiety or or fear that we feel like we're not worth anything or we, or we don't deserve to be here or we only deserve to be here if we do these certain things if we keep certain people happy or if we if we you know whatever that might be however that might look for you yeah so yeah i again remember i told you two different kinds of money books you know operating from a, like i'm a big expert and big fancy pants i know everything and like the other is like i'm a fuck up well i'm you know i i, I don't consider myself to be a fuck up anymore and i don't but but i had to go through it and yeah. I had to, I had to look at it as healing. And, and I, you know, um, the one thing I will say, and I say this in the early on in the preface or introduction somewhere, sex work actually helped heal me around some of this stuff. Sex work actually gave me the space and the capacity to, it, it, some of it helped. It was like, oh, well, I'll take that thousand dollars for your, you know, for you know, a couple hours of my time, that makes me feel like I'm worth something. Totally. It also gets me, out, you know, out of my, my money troubles. You know, those are two ways that this money is, is very helpful to me. Yeah. But, but also, it also just gave me the space and, and gave me some, some, a framework to kind of think about what money meant in my life. And uh, it paid for me to be able to go into therapy, which I really needed at that time in order to heal. So I guess so, so much of this is all kind of wrapped up in all um, part of the whole package, sex, work, money, you know, all three yeah. of them together. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Lola, we are already... <laughs> Like we're over. I know. I'm sorry. I talk a lot. Did I mention that I talk a lot? <laughs> um, this is a podcast. That's the name of the game. So you were fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Any other any other time where you might feel like you talk too much? A podcast is is the place where it's that, place to do that it, can be so. used. Yes, for <laughs> advantage <laughs> in a positive way. However, before we get you um, to go back to your day. Can you tell us when is the book coming out, where can we get it, and where we can follow you to uh, get updates? And also, like, all your little, like, your Twitter's fantastic. Just positivity coming out the Wahoo. Sex work positivity coming out the Wahoo. So uh, let us know all of these things, please. Well, so fingers crossed, one of the really super exciting thing about being self-published is... um, you're kind of at the mercy of all the people that you're 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 hiring to do work for you. So um, <laughs> I right now I'm optimistic. I'm tentatively optimistic that the book will drop on September first. Amazing. And uh, so it should be available everywhere. So uh, this will be both eBooks and uh, paperback books. So that'll be you know, Amazon, all of your um, international distribution. It, um, you should be able to, like, for instance, I, I think up in Canada, you have Kobo, right? We don't have Kobo down here. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. So, so it, it should be available on all those platforms where all those, all those ways that those are distributed. If you're not able, you should, if you have Amazon in the country that you're at, you should be able to purchase the book through there. Um, it'll be available on my website. Let's see. Uh, you you're can also find working me, you can... on the audiobook, are you not? For I, some uh... future date? Yes. Again, this is more tentative. Um, again, I'm hoping November 15th. I really would love to have it out before the holidays, but that's that's an aspirational goal right now. Yeah. Um, 
it is it is just always shocking to me how much time it takes to read this shit aloud. Um, but uh, so November fifteenth, hopefully, if you follow me on Twitter, Lola Davina. Um, I, I'm also I'm also very friendly on Facebook. Feel free to hit me up over there, and we can be friends. Um, and uh, I I um I'll be dropping individual chapters of the audiobook over on SoundCloud. Great. Um, I offer um you know selected chapters for free, so people can listen to me read the book out loud over there. And that should that should happen as soon as I get the book out. As soon as the book is available, I'll start making the audiobook chapters available like one a, once a week. And see, I said LolaDavina.com and Twitter and. Did I answer all your questions? I think so. I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can you can find me a little Davina. I'm not hard. I'm not hard to find. I, <laughs> I, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Lovely. you so much for inviting me. I love uh, your voice. I love your interviewing style. Oh. And oh my gosh, you're just you're so great. Thank oh you so much. Gosh, thank you. I mean, I'm fangirling just as hard on you. Like it, it has just honestly been such a pleasure. As I said, like your first first book is an absolute sex worker staple, and I just can't wait for your second book to be that as well. Like, I hope however so. many late years later, you know, it's going to be uh, just as as important to read. So, like I say, though, any young aspiring um, self help uh, sex worker person wants to come along. And- and just do better my book's ass that's fine i'm ready i'm ready to sit down it's fine it's really i i don't i don't need to be the one doing all the talking i really i this is i I was appalled that there weren't the reason why i wrote the first one there are there's stuff to be found but to, to, to have it all kind of accumulated in one place and kind of like you know yeah really like think it all the way through that hadn't been done yet and i was like you know Okay. Why not? It's yeah. Time. Come but, on, people. Yeah. But there needs to be there needs to be more than one. Well, it was a Tony Morrison's who said if if the book that you want in the world hasn't been written yet, read thing, you need to be the one to write it. So I anybody out there who wants to write you know, your version of it, do it. Hit me up. I will review it. I will I will promote it to the skies. So let's uh, let's get more books for sex workers by, by sex, sex workers. workers. Yes. Love it. Love amen it. Amen to that. Oh, yeah. Hard amen Thanks on again. that. Thank you. Thanks Thank again, you so Aaron. much. So before we go, uh, we'll let you know um, we're the bedpost sex show at gmail.com. If you want to send me any questions or uh, people that want to be guests on the show, you can email me there as well. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the bedpost show. Lots of bonus episodes, bonus content over there. Pay for your podcasts. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, please. It, they're a lot of work. So I mean, the Patreon is the way to keep this, this shit going. So we talked about uh, sex work today. So I will drop my Twitter, which is at the lady pim one. That's my sex worker account. Or on Instagram, I'm pim.lady. The usual Instagram uh, for bedpost is the bedpost podcast. So one last huge thank you to the lovely lady that does all of the original music for my pod that is stephanie copeland big thank you to her if you want to check out more of her stuff stephcopelandmusic.com one huge 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 last thank you to my lovely guest for today lola davina thank you (laughs) i'm bowing i am i am not worthy of i am worthy though please you are worthy (laughs) you are more than worthy you are magnificent oh thank you lola and thank you to everyone who's been listening we'll see you again next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality on the bedpost podcast bye (laughs) 
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!